to their screams. Greetings, ghouls and creeps, and welcome to Listen to Their Screams, a horror podcast. I am one of your hosts, Dave, joined as always by the other host, Ike. Ike, how are you? You know, I'm I'm here. I'm thriving. I'm, uh, what is it they say on TikTok? I'm vibing. I don't know. I don't know. I'm old. I'm not sure what vibing is. <laughs> but uh, thriving, huh? Well, that's a that's a new descriptive. I, I think I'm not sure. I don't know if I know the dis- I don't. I think I know the definition of thriving. I'm alive, right? So I guess I'm thriving if I'm alive. Yeah. Well, one thing you'll notice: the older you get, the lower that bar for thriving is. It, it <laughs> keeps getting lowered, you know. So. But, you know, I, I'm six foot above ground and breathing, so I'm thriving, too. So, Amen. Wait a minute, six foot above. Okay, whatever. You know what I mean. Anyway, <laughs> um, wow, that was an interesting start. Thank you for joining us out there, wherever you are. Make sure you subscribe to us on whatever platform you're listening to. And we're on all of them. So if you're on one that for some reason you don't like, you can find us on another one. Uh, so anyway, look us up there. Make sure you subscribe, share the episodes, rate and review, do all that fun stuff. And you can also find us on show, social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Letterbox, and of course now on TikTok. You can find us at Listen to Screams. That is Listen, the number two in Screams. And yes, we do have some videos up on TikTok. Uh, we're we're trying. We're made, we're trying to put some content out there. We're we're doing what we can. Uh, of course, uh, trying to be entertaining, trying to plug the podcast. I don't know how successful, but you know what? TikTok, you know, TikTok's kind of fun. Um, I'm kind of enjoying TikTok. So, uh, whatever. It, it's the new oh. thing out there. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. TikTok, here we come. <laughs> Told you I was thriving. I'm thriving. That's right. <laughs> Before we dive into things, uh, let's give a little spoiler warning. We do discuss movies, and in the course of those discussions, of course, we can and probably will reveal some uh, key points and, and plot elements and so on and so forth. So you have been warned, and we'll throw out the thanks to Monica and Kayla, our two wives, for all their support and research and ideals and putting up with us and listening to us and uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, before we go any further, as this episode drops, it, it is officially Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble, motherfuckers. <laughs> so I happy Thanksgiving. I know, uh, I know you know, the, the episode will already be out, but let's see. But by this time that we are recording this, it's in the evening, early evening that we're recording this on early evening, my Thanksgiving day, I will be absolutely stuffed. And beginning to think of round two. That's probably <laughs> where I'll be. So I know you're excited about Thanksgiving. You've been talking about it nonstop for the past month and a half. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, I'm, I'm pretty pumped. Uh, I, you know, I live in Florida, so I'm an hour behind you. So I'll probably be cleaning up dinner around now um, <laughs> if we eat about two. So I'll probably be uh, begrudgingly cleaning up uh, all the mess that we made while cooking dinner and putting all of the leftovers away. So uh, yeah. that'll <laughs> the, the worst part of Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. The unfortunate side of holidays is that cleanup. So, uh, but I, what have you been up to this week? You watch any, watch anything good this week? Um, you know, I, I so I, yes and no, I didn't watch a lot of stuff, but I did watch a few things. Um, well, first and foremost, um, I've been trying to catch up on criminal minds and, some of the stuff I've been oh, yeah. watching. The um, new the the reboot starts very right this week. Yeah. The first couple yeah. of <laughs> I That's exactly what I said. I was like, holy shit, it's already coming out because I've not watched all of it. We're like in season thirteen, um, so we we've made a lot of progress. But um, honestly, I just wanted to give a, just a small shout out to if anybody from Criminal Minds is watching because honestly, some of those episodes they get really creepy, and I would I would say that they venture into like the horror territory because um we're right now we just kind of finished up like the mr scratch stuff um oh that's the best that's great oh mr scratch is so creepy and like anytime he's in an episode or an episode's about him super creepy um but yeah no i just i know it's not horror but it's horror adjacent and honestly criminal minds is underrated people who don't watch it or crap on it man you need to really sit down watch it you'll enjoy it <laughs> now, wait wait till you get to towards the end of the series when aubrey plaza comes back into it she has some she has some really strong stuff there i think it might be in the last season it's one of the last few seasons uh gotcha. her and uh yeah her and uh reed there there's a great little arc with with those two it's it's great so um yeah, good stuff. So uh, Criminal Minds, has that been pretty much it for you? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I actually rewatched uh, Terrifier 2, but obviously we've, we've talked about Terrifier 2 to death. Mm-hmm. Oh, such a good movie. Um, let's I recently see. rewatched that too. I think over the last weekend. Just as, just as fun on the second view. Or wait a minute, That's that was what I was going to say. <laughs> I may have seen it three times now. So, yeah, it's oh, it's just still it's still great. Still fun. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, other than that, um, the only other thing I recently watched um, was a movie. It's called Hidden. Um, has Alexander Skarsgård in it. And mm. it's um, actually it's on Voodoo. I think uh, it's on the Voodoo that we share. Uh, <laughs> you guys bought it. It was uh, back in 2015. Uh, but basically, yeah. it's about a group of people who are in a uh, bomb shelter uh, escaping a day of des- devastation that changed everything. Uh, yeah. um, and they've been under there for a while. And it's got some cool, you know, twists and turns throughout it. So I watched that. I, I quite enjoyed it. It was a, a surprising little movie that I didn't know even existed. Yeah. Now, let's see. What did I watch? I've uh, not too long ago. I watched Child's Play. So I watched Child's Play two and three. Hmm. And I'm getting to that point where it's it's a little difficult to watch the series, <laughs> but then that that completist in me is like itching, like, come on, dude, you got to see it through. And uh, I, I, you know, I, I enjoy the first one quite a bit. The second one's not too bad. Third one, eh, a little less. But now we're getting to those ones that it's hard for me to find find redeeming qualities in. <laughs> but uh, but it's like you know, I mean, I the, the, the bride's not too bad. The bride check is. I mean, there's I mean, there's you know, I don't know. There's parts, but uh. But, you know, again, I, I'm that I have that weird itch when I don't finish a series of movies. When I dive in, though, that's like I feel like I have to struggle through them again uh, just to be a completist. Um, and then I watched uh, see what else did I watch. Oh, I watched a uh, uh, scare package on uh, mm-hmm. Shutter at AMC Plus. Um, I don't know how I slept on this, but it came out in 2019. And uh, man, it was fun. It was it was a lot of fun. I very much enjoyed it. And uh, we'll mention it in a bit. But, you know, scare package, too is coming to streaming uh, soon next month. So uh, we've, we talked about that at work. I think we're going to review that because I'm pretty excited for it. And then, uh, then I watched the, the series finale of the walking dead, which was a very emotional thing for me. Uh, I mean, the, the show itself was emotional, but then it's that after you're done, that surreal feeling of like, man, it's been so long. I don't, I'm not sure. I, how do I function in the world without the walking dead main series? <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. it, it seems so weird, but then of course, at the end, they did the plugs for all the, uh, the Daryl Dixon show and the Negan and Maggie show and the Rick and Michonne show and all these other shows coming out. So it's like, well, there'll still be walking dead out there, but it's kind of weird. God, it's kind of weird. I mean, it seems like a lifetime ago from those early, those first seasons of the walking dead. And it's just, yeah. man, it's been so long and it's, uh, I don't know. It's wild, but it's, it's, it's it is, it's a little surreal to think of a, a world without that, that primary show uh, being out there. So, but uh, I'm going to dive into some of the side. I've never watched. I haven't watched. A, I've watched some of the Fear of the Walking Dead. I haven't watched any of World Beyond. So I'm going to I'm going to watch those and try to get those before the, the start of the year when all the, the new stuff comes out. So I'm going to try to complete my Walking Dead uh, again. It's that itch, that itch. You know, I feel like I have to watch it all. <laughs> so, your your lexicon. <laughs> it's a something. I don't know if lexicon. That's a polite way to put it. But it's a it's something. That's for sure. You know. <laughs> it's undiagnosed. Your personal Let's, database. <laughs> it's, yeah, okay. It's undiagnosed, whatever it is, but uh, but there's clear indications that there might be something something wrong with the wiring upstairs. But uh, anyway, enough of that. We've, yeah, we've uh, we've hit all of our introductions, talked about all of our social medias. Now let's have a little fun. Let's play our game here on the show. Let's play top three. Top three. <laughs> And today, uh, since we're talking, uh, since you know, we're talking Frankenstein uh, as one of our movies today. I guess I should mention that we are reviewing the 1931 Frankenstein, and then uh, Friday the 13th Part Six, Jason Lives. Uh, It kind of got us thinking. uh, Let's do something. I thought about let's do you know movie you know like monster movies, right? Our favorite monster movies. I'm like, well, maybe not yet. So I thought let's just do creatures, right? And I know that's that's kind of a broad broad term, right? Oh yeah. So I before we before we get into this, I in your credit again when we play top three, we don't discuss ahead of time, right? Because I like we very much like the uh, the uh, whatever you want to call it the the spontaneity of the discussion we have and, and hearing these picks for the first time. But I in your mind, how did you define a, a movie creature? What I mean, did you did you have this well thought out criteria or, or what? What how'd you what were you, how'd you go about picking? 
No, yeah, absolutely. Um, because I need structure in my life. Otherwise, my brain will not work. Um, when, when I sat down, I was like, okay, creature. So I said to myself, a creature is anything that I guess would basically in in some way shape or form be inhuman right it's yes. not like like a zombie i guess you could call it a creature but i don't necessarily consider like a zombie a creature it's just a human that turns into a zombie right but yes. like for instance um there is a different distinction between like a zombie and frankenstein for instance frankenstein is an amalgamation of all kinds of humans so i would yes. definitely put that on par with the creature so in my opinion an inhuman entity that in some way shape or form um i would say is just like a, a thing you know what i mean yeah that's what i i mean i, I definitely initially I, right off the bat thought okay it's definitely non-human right and that's i want to take it even further because i really wanted to to come up with something comes cre- some creative ideas so i thought yeah. i'm gonna go just even non not even humanoid at all right not even I, i'm just gonna stay away from anything because you're right right frankenstein's monster could very much would very much be a creature right because it's built it's made yep that you know whatever but i thought you know i'm gonna stay away from Anything that's humanoid, and it's and it's still very hard because there's a lot of creatures. Out there, right? <laughs> there's a lot of things to choose from, and it's kind of hard to narrow down. But I, I I think I did, and I feel pretty confident with my choices. Uh, so Ike, uh, why don't you start this week? What is your number three movie creature? I chose the liquor from the Resident Evil series. So um, ah. I'm I'm not sure if you're familiar with the liquor, Dave, but the liquor absolutely is, not. Uh, <laughs> so I imagine like. A really Wait a minute, are we, are we talking liquor in a bottle? Because yeah, I'm, I'm highly <laughs> familiar with that kind of liquor. No, 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 not, not liquor, not liquor, um, uh, liquor, so L-I-C-K-E-R. Okay. It is a very, very inhuman creature. It is on all fours. It has a razor-sharp tongue that is about, I, I, I want to say in in the books and stuff that they wrote about it, it's, I think, like a six-foot-long tongue, but basically it's Yikes. got these razor-sharp teeth. It, its brain is exposed. It's fleshy. It is disgusting looking. It crawls around on the, the ceiling and it rips your head off and eats your intestines. It's disgusting. Uh, but yeah, that 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 was my number three. <laughs> ah, not, not surprised you went back to the tried and true Resident Evil, right? We've we've made Love it known you're a resident. Yeah, you're a Resident Evil mark. We we get that. And that's it, okay because. <laughs> well, I mean, we didn't stray far here for my number three because, you know. In my generation, right? You you love the Resident Evil. Well, in my generation, I, I love Star Wars, right? So my number three is the Rancor from Return of the Jedi in 1983, uh-huh. because and and I know, right? Return of the Jedi. It's not a horror movie, right? It's not really even that scary. But you know, in 1983, I was eight years old, and I went and watched Return of the Jedi, you know, opening weekend in the theater. I love Star Wars, right? I had the the bedspread, the toys, the the curtains, everything. Was so excited. And yeah, the Rancor was absolutely terrifying on the big screen. And, uh, you know, to an eight year old kid, you're thinking, oh, crap, this thing's going to eat Luke. Right. This this thing is is going to do it. And it's you know, it had the, the drool and the dripping and everything else. And um, it was very disgusting, very frightening to a kid. So, yeah, I had to give my nod to a Star Wars. Like I said, I tried to think a little outside the box. But, yep, my number three is the Rancor uh, from Return of the Jedi. Star, Star so, Wars uh, has got some pretty creepy shit in it. Have you ever like read about. In like the extended like the extended universe it's called Star Weird. Mm, no, what's that? It, 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 well, just look at it. The picture itself it is it is super fucking weird. It it is apparently and and there's like no information about it because like they dropped it in like I think it was like a book, but basically it's like a force creature that exists in like near black holes. And it just floats in space. That's like this really lanky thing. And if you approach it, like it just screams at you and like, it, uh-huh. but it, but it force screams. So when it force screams, it like can penetrate ships. It can like makes you feeling like a sense of dread. It's, and it's not necessarily a dark side creature. It's just there, but it's super weird. If they made a movie about that, I'd watch it. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty wild. So yeah, yeah, there's, there's plenty of creatures in, in Star Wars, of course. And, Oh, yeah, yeah, some of them are tr- are truly, you know, I, I thought about it was it was kind of a toss up between the Rancor and the Sarlacc pit because oh, the Sarlacc yeah. pit always terrified me as well. So, but anyway, let's move on. Ike, what's your number two? Um, so I don't know if it actually has a name, so I apologize if it does. But whatever the whatever the fuck the thing was in the thing, like the thing movie, I think um, it was just the thing. I think that was yeah. what everybody's always called it. I think. I mean, 
but but like the scene for instance like in the original thing where the dog like splits open and like all those tendrils are spraying out of it like yeah oh man that's super fucked up and it's such a good movie and honestly whoever did the practical effects on that did amazing and oh man that's probably one of my favorite creatures of all time yeah that was i I strongly considered putting that on my list and i I didn't but yeah that's definitely definitely a terrifying creature and uh but my my number two i pulled again from my childhood and uh this this movie gets defined as a horror movie i see it lots on streaming services i don't know if i view it that way but it came out in 1984. I was nine years old, and it terrified me, even though I did love it. My number two creature is Stripe from Gremlins. Oh, um, yeah. I uh, I loved Gizmo, right? Loved him. He was so cute and cuddly. I had I had some toys of Gizmo, but but the Gremlins, the, that side of it, they they were nuts and terrified me. And Stripe was so sadistic. Uh, there's that one scene where he like you know, breaks a finger and all this. Oh, just terrified me. He was clearly the the worst of the bunch. And uh, again, as a nine-year-old child, Stripe just haunted my nightmares, and uh, <laughs> didn't never had any d- desire to have any toys because I'm like I don't want that thing in my room, and uh, and whatever else. So yeah, my number two, Stripe from Gremlins. So we're down to our number ones. Ike, what is your number one movie creature? So I really had to think about this one because like I didn't know what I wanted to do. I do want to give a um, a a. a what is it a what is a thoughtful mention or like a memorable Uh, honorable mention an honorable i want to give an honorable mention real quick to the creatures from stranger things because that was almost oh yeah my number one and the creatures from stranger things are so cool so creative and i love them but i gave my number one to the death angels so the death angels are the creatures from the quiet place um those things the the quiet place was one of those movies that like i watched and it's one of those movies that I will forever say it, it it deserves all of the hype it has and some as a, as a movie, it is so well done. And these creatures, they're so creepy and it's not necessarily that they are, they look creepy, but it's more about like how they hunt, right? How they kill you. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. like, just, I just imagine all the noises that I make on a day to day basis. And if the death angels happen to appear one day, I would be so, so fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lots of people would. All right. Well, my number one, my, my number one's a pretty common one. It's a pretty big one, but I had to kind of go with it. My number one is the the old tried and true, the legend himself, Godzilla. Uh, oh, because yeah. I, I, I love Godzilla. I love especially, especially, I mean, I, I do like some of the new, but especially the old movies because I grew up watching them, right? I loved watching the old uh, cheesy stop animation ones or whatever, you know. And, uh, you know, first introduced in 1954, uh, I do love me some Godzilla. It was it was a toss up of my top three because I also love King Kong. Right. I, I I love King Kong. He almost made my top three. But I thought, nope, I got to choose one Godzilla or King Kong. And uh, when I when I when I choose, it's got to be Godzilla. But I also had an honorable mention. And uh, the only reason this one didn't make my top three is because it was actually in a TV show. So I thought, well, I'm not going to put it because we said movie. But one of the creepiest things I've ever seen in media were the Weeping Angels from Doctor Who. Yep. Those things terrify me to this day and that whole concept that you know, don't blink and, and it is oh it's just it is that i think it's that same thing as as uh, what you were speaking of with the movie the quiet place it's it's the way you know where it's perfectly still but if you blink and then when you that in that, that that quick blink when your eye opens back up it can move and it's closer or it's on you and it's that is terrifying um and, and to think that you know something that's inanimate can uh, can get you there. I also hate the the I think they're called the Autons in the very first season of Doctor Who that are like mannequins, look like mannequins. Mm, yeah, because I've always found mannequins and uh, wax figures and things like that to be very, very creepy <laughs> and uh, everything else. So but like I said, I didn't go with it because it was a, a TV series. But, yeah, the Weeping Angels uh, creep me out. Do- Doctor so. Who's another one of those that have a, a ton of creepy shit. I mean, um, what are the. I'm not doing this like to be funny, but I I forget what they're called, but they're the ones that make you forget Um, the silence. Is that what they're called? Yeah. Yeah. The silence. Yeah. Yep. The, the silence. Oh man, they creep me out too, but the weeping angels are also pretty, pretty spooky. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, old classic doctor who was, I mean, it was technically classified as a horror science fiction show, uh, you know, by the BBC. It was, so I mean, it very much knew because of the monsters and the creatures and, and the 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 tense you know the tension and everything else that it had or horror effects and the best Doctor Who stories they, you know it contains that oh, so yeah. yeah love me some Doctor Who 
So, all right, let's take a break and we'll come back with some news and upcoming releases. Listen to Their Screams is now a Fangoria collaborator. Get 20% off your order at shop.fangoria.com by using the promo code listen to screams at checkout. That is listen to number two and screams. Or you can click the link in the show notes. All right, and we're back. Now let's hit some news. Uh, I last week we talked about a uh, a Christmas horror convention. Well, there's another one. It's called KrampusCon uh, 2022, December 2nd through 4th at the uh, International Palms Resort and Conference in Cocoa Beach, Florida. It's part Comic-Con film festival cosplay event with an after party and festival all mixed into one. I'm actually I'm, I'm just so fascinated by the, the Christmas horror convention concept. And uh, I, I so badly want to go to one because it sounds like it's so much fun. And uh, every time, you know, so it's like every time one turns up, I keep thinking, well, maybe someday I'll find one <laughs> close to me <laughs> that I can go to. Uh, and some toys coming out. Uh, Cthulhu uh, from H.P. Lovecraft, his creation and has appeared in dozens of horror movies over the years, uh, is now available online, including Amazon, as a Chia pet. Uh, so as uh, I always thought the novelty Chia pets are, I, you know, I'm not a big Chia pet person and whatever else, but I, the only Chia pet I think I've ever owned is uh, the Bob Ross one. I, I do have the Bob <laughs> Ross one, which doesn't have obviously have any of the whatever, the moss or whatever on it. But, uh, but I thought that was kind of interesting. And then on uh, BigBadToyStore.com, you can now pre-order the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Freddy Krueger celebrating the 30th anniversary of Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3 Dream Warriors. It is a, uh, uh, whatever they call it, a one-fourth or one-four scale. It's a you know, pretty big thing, uh, and it is pretty, it's pretty awesome. Uh, it's, you know, it's a little hefty in the price tag. It's a couple hundred dollars or whatever, uh, but uh, <laughs> if, if you have an interest in that, that's out there. I would I would love to have that because I love Dream Warriors, and that would very, very cool I was going to say, arguably one of the best sequels of all time, Dream Warriors. Absolutely. I, I love Dream Warriors. So, <laughs> uh, Some key birthdays coming up uh, on the 23rd, the day this uh, – oh, no, the day before this drops. We thought it should be mentioned again, though, was, uh, was Boris Karloff's birthday. And we mentioned that because, like I said, we're discussing Frankenstein 1931. Of course, he played uh, Frankenstein in that movie, Frankenstein's monster in that movie, and also played uh, in The Mummy and many other movies. Uh, did the voice of the Grinch in the animated uh, Grinch movie uh, – I'm not sure why. I'm shooting a blank on uh, whatever that is. Uh, the Grinch, what is it called? The Grinch Soul Christmas? That's right, yeah, right? Yeah, the Grinch Soul Christmas. <laughs> I'll tell you, they make, they, they've remade the Grinch so many times in so many different ways. It's yep. like, oh, man, why why you keep keep doing it? It's, just, it's, like the, it's like Christmas Carol, right? It's like every year there's a new version of Christmas Carol. It's like, come on, man. We've got enough. Do something else. <laughs> uh, but uh, Amanda Weiss's <laughs> birthday is on November 24th. She was Tina in Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, her birthday is on November 28th. She was in Black Christmas and The Thing remakes in the Final Destination 3. And Ridley Scott, his birthday was on November 30th, is on November 30th. Of course, a producer, director uh, known for Hannibal and Alien. And uh, we also have to mention uh, that uh, coming up soon, also on November 28th, that's my wife, Monica's birthday. Uh, I know she has nothing to do with horror movie, except for, <laughs> you know, maybe the classification of her marriage to me. She might find that to be some on some days a terrifying horror movie, but uh, happy birthday to her. And then, of course, uh, November 21st, 1931, the movie Frankenstein was released, which we are going to review today. Uh, we have to drop a couple of in memory ofs. Uh, first of all, uh, James Winburn died. And I know a lot of people don't maybe recognize that name, but he was a stunt performer. But he was most known for playing Michael Byers at the end of the original Halloween in 1978. He was the guy that took the six shots from Loomis and fell off the balcony. He did that stunt, uh, but he recently passed away. And of course, one that was, you know, kind of kind of shook me a little bit. Nikki Acox died. Uh, she was in Jeepers Creepers 2 and, of course, played Meg in Supernatural, one of my favorite shows of all time. Uh, so that was heartbreaking and, and uh, not horror related. But uh, what was the uh, I'm not a huge Power Rangers fan, Ike, but what was what was his name? Uh, yep. Jason David Frank, the Jason uh, Green David Rangers. Frank, that's right. Yeah. Uh, he passed away, and that's I know that's got uh, got the world kind of reeling because I mean that show was so uh, so important to you know a, a certain age, a certain generation, and uh, you know he was very very active on the convention circus. I mean circuit. I mean you couldn't I mean you couldn't go to a convention, and he was there, and you know it was always great to the fans and everything else. So uh, he will be missed. Um, and, and it's not really horror related, but do keep in mind you can watch all the Charlie Brown holiday specials for free on Apple TV Plus. Uh, we'll only throw that out there because, like we said, Thanksgiving's coming up. We plug peanuts all the time. We we, we do like the peanuts. So go watch Charlie Brown on Thanksgiving. 
and some upcoming releases on streaming uh, on December 22nd on Shudder. And, of course, that's on a parcel part of AMC Plus if you have that package. Uh, Scare Package 2 Rad Chad's Revenge is coming out. And it says, when horror guru Rad Chad Buckley's funeral turns into an elaborate series of hilarious death traps, the guests must band together and use the rules of horror to survive the bloody game. Uh, you can watch the original Scare Package uh, right now on Shudder and on Video On Demand. I highly recommend it. It's a fun movie to watch. Cannot wait uh, for this movie. And when it comes out, we are going to review that uh, on an episode of Listen to the Screams. I'm trying to pull up real quick our schedule. Uh, we are going to... Well, I did not put it on the schedule. Oh, yes, I did. Uh, December 29th. And on our December 29th episode, uh, we will be reviewing Scare Package 2 as part of our reviews uh, for that day. So I'm excited for that. Hey, uh, real it, quick. Yeah. I, do, I don't I don't mean to interrupt you. Is Scare Package the movie where it takes place in like a video store? It sure is. Yes. Have I, seen I have seen I have seen that movie. I was thinking to myself, I'm like, how I seen that? It sounds familiar. But oh, yes, okay, I have good. seen that movie. <laughs> so I need good, to watch good. the second one when it comes yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course, because we're going to review it. OK, good. So that so see, now I don't have to keep quiet. Right. I didn't want to spoil anything for you because I thought you were going to watch the first one. Yeah, it's like an anthology type film. So yeah. you, you notice this. I didn't want to I didn't want to spoil anything for you. <laughs> but it, but we gave a spoil warning, so I don't care. You know, if the listeners get spoiled, they they were warned. Uh, but, right. Uh, yeah, it's, it's like an anthology type uh, movie. It takes place <laughs> in a video store. It, you know, Rad Chad owns the video store, and is hiring. It's it's it is such a fun movie. I, I absolutely had a blast watching it. I loved it. And uh, little known fact in the, do you remember in the final kind of the long skit or uh, excuse me segment at the end with the uh, the killer? I can't remember what they called him. Uh, something yeah. River. Whatever I can't remember what it is. Where he had the the mask that he said he made out of the faces of his some of his victims. Um, that that is actually played by pro wrestler Dustin Rhodes. He he plays. I knew that, that actually. Yeah, and he's actually well, you actually see him in it too in a like a memory scene, but uh, flashback scene. So, but yeah, cannot wait for uh, Scare Package Two: Rad Chad's Revenge. It's it's been out there. I think it's been shown in a few theaters and some festivals and stuff, but it's getting its streaming release on December twenty second. And coming out in theaters, uh, it'll be out by the time you hear this, uh, being released on November 23rd as Bones and All. It says, Baron, a young woman learns how to survive on the margins of society. And I believe we've discussed this one, right? I, is this the uh, – this is Vampire-esque, the – Vampire-esque, I think, yeah, movie. <laughs> kind of cannibalistic movie. Yeah, we've, we've discussed this, but it should be out now. And then also coming out November 23rd is The Nanny. It says, in this psychological horror fable of displacement – uh, Aisha, a woman who's recently immigrated from Senegal, is hired to care for the daughters of an affluent couple living in New York City. Haunted by the absence of the young son she left behind, Aisha hopes her new job will afford her the chance to bring him to the U.S., but becomes increasingly unsettled by the family's volatile home life. As his arrival approaches, a violent presence begins to invade both her dreams and her reality, threatening the American dream she is painstakingly piecing together. Uh, I, I don't I don't really know much beyond that about the nanny. Have you I mean, it sounds kind of like a psychological thriller. Uh, that's not really the, the strongest vein of horror you know, movie that I like. I, I might give it a give it a shot. But have you, have you heard much about the nanny? Um, this honestly, this is the first I'm hearing of it, uh, <laughs> but it looks interesting. Um, let's see. I'm looking to see who's in it because I'm trying to see because I feel like I remember seeing something about it, but I probably didn't, honestly. Um, yeah, I see when it comes out. Um, this is comes out in December, doesn't it? Or you said November 23rd? Yeah, November 23rd. It'll be out by the time this episode drops. It's a, it gets a Wednesday release because of the holiday. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've not heard anything about it. But listen, I'll give it a chance because here's the deal. I like psychological thrillers. Um, I like to pretend that I don't sometimes because like I'm like, oh, that's not real horror. But then like yeah. I'll watch things like uh, what is it? Uh, Shutter Island which is definitely yeah. a psychological thriller. And I'm like, okay, I would definitely put this at least horror adjacent. So I'll give yeah. it a shot. Yeah. I mean, I, I enjoy quite a few of them, but it, I'm, 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 I feel like I'm picky about them. Right. Because yeah. a lot of times it's, it's kind of my same view on some anthology films. Sometimes you watch them and they feel a lot, the, a lot of them are the same. Right. I feel like, oh, it's like, oh, I've seen this concept before. So, uh, but we'll see. Uh, it, it's curious. I'm, I'm sure at some point I'll give it a watch. And then on uh, November 25th, I'm, I, Pardon me if I completely butcher a lot of these names in this. Uh, Bidia comes out. It's a Bollywood horror movie set in the forest of Arunachal. Uh, Bidia is a story of Bhaskar, a man who gets bitten by a wolf and begins to transform into the creature. 
As Boscar and his buddies try to find answers, a bunch of twists, turns, and laughs ensue. Uh, <laughs> so I, I'm down for a werewolf act like a movie. Uh, sounds like it could be fun. I'll, I'll give it a shot. I'm not sure uh, when that, you know, it'll probably be, that would be one that I would probably wait for a streaming service to watch. How about when it comes out streaming? Uh, I, I'm sure that I'll give it a chance. So, uh, and also as a side note here, if, uh, with, like I said, this is dropping on Thanksgiving. So if you're looking for another Thanksgiving horror movie, uh, give a try to Pilgrim released in 2019. Uh, this is an installment of the Blumhouse television series into the dark, and it is available on Hulu. It follows Miss Anna Barker, who invites Pilgrim reenactors to her family's Thanksgiving in an effort to remind them of their privilege and help them bond. When the actors refuse to break character, the Barker family learns that there is such a thing as too much gratitude. Uh, it's got a couple people in it that are, you know, uh, you know fairly known. Um, sounds like I actually came across this while scrolling through uh, Hulu the other day and almost watched it. That uh, looks, you know, I, I think the thing kind of hooked me when it, when it said Pilgrim reenactors. I, I was like, that sounds intriguing to me. And then when they refuse to break character, I'm like, oh, that that sounds that sounds kind of creepy. Uh, so uh, I'm going to give it a shot. I think it, it might actually be post Thanksgiving before I get to watch it. But that's OK. Uh, so if you want, uh, if you're looking for something besides the classic Thanksgiving that we reviewed last episode on the show here, uh, you know, you can watch uh, Pilgrim. Uh, so let's uh, let's take a break. After all that news, and we'll come back and let, let's talk our uh, the, our reviews and movies for the week. How do you do? <laughs> Mr. Carl Emily feels it would be a little unkind to present this picture without just a word of friendly warning. We are about to unfold the story of Frankenstein, a man of science who sought to create a man after his own image without reckoning upon God. <laughs> It is one of the strangest tales ever told. It deals with the two great mysteries of creation, life and death. I think it will thrill you. It may shock you. It might even horrify you. So if any of you feel that you do not care to subject your nerves to such a strain, now is your chance to... Well, we warn you. All right, we are back, and like we said this week, we've got. Uh, I'm pretty excited. We got two movies we're reviewing. Uh, we decided this week to dive into some classic uh, movies. Uh, we're going to review. Thank uh, for oh, excuse. I started to say I, I started to confuse Frankenstein and Thanksgiving again. I, I, whatever. <laughs> uh, man, let's try that again. We are going to review Frankenstein from 1931 and Friday the 13th Part Six from 1986, and we're going to talk about some of the homages. And that uh, the Friday the 13th Part 6 had to the original Frankenstein. Uh, if you would like to watch these movies, and I highly advise you do, uh, Frankenstein is free on Tubi, and it's also on Peacock. Of course, it can be purchased on Vudu. And uh, Friday the 13th Part 6 can be rented or purchased on Vudu, and it is on Amazon Prime. Uh, so before we do the comparison and, and contrast and the homages, uh, let's talk about the movies themselves. Uh Ike, which one do you want to start with? You want to start with let's, let's start with Frankenstein. How about that? Since it came out in yep. 1931, uh, again it was came out in 1931. Of course, it is a Universal uh, movie. Uh, it's came out right after Dracula did, and this is when Universal was kind of on the rebound, right? And uh, these these movies really set the tone. Uh, it shot them, I mean, to the moon. Horror, I mean, you know, the horror monster movies really relaunched uh, Universal. And uh, originally, uh, Bela Lugosi was cast to play Frankenstein. Uh, coming out of Dracula, he was kind of their hot, their hot guy. Uh, and there is actually, it's it's been lost unfortunately, but there's actually was about 20 minutes of test footage shot with Bela Lugosi in makeup for this movie. And uh, again, it's never been found. It's it's presumed lost. I would oh, it would be a holy grail if this would turn up. I would, I would love to see it. Uh, but in the end, Lugosi pulled out and said he did not want to do it because he did not like the fact that it was non-speaking. And that he had to wear makeup to hide his identity. Uh, and then he said years later that, you know what, in retrospect, he really regretted pulling out <laughs> because <laughs> the movie was a huge success. And, and you know, Bella, you know, would of course, like to have been a part. Um, but uh, it was directed by James Well, uh, who met Boris Karloff in the Universal Commissary, uh, liked his look and uh, you know, asked him to come and audition for the part. And he ended up 
uh, getting the role. And on a, kind of a note, uh, he's Frankenstein. The monster is very creepy, right? He's got that sunken face look. Well, that, it kind of has that because Boris Karloff removed his partial bridge, uh, and and, and it, it kind of gave his face that sunken look. Uh, and the second, his second part, you know, not in Bright or not in Bright, excuse me. Well, yeah, it's actually in Bright, I, I believe, where he had it to speak a little bit. He had to put that, had that back in, so he didn't look quite as creepy. Uh, when mm-hmm. he had to speak, but since he didn't speak in this, he was able to take that out, and he gets how he got that kind of that sunken uh, face look. Uh, there's a line in the movie where uh, Henry Frankenstein says that he knows what God feels like because he created life, and uh, it, originally for a long, long time they believed that line was lost. They because they cut it out of the movie, right? Censors cut it out. They didn't want a man proclaiming he knew what God felt like, and uh, it was cut. But it was it was later uh, found and restored into the movie. I absolutely I love Frankenstein. I love the Frankenstein monster. I love this movie. I think this movie is beautiful and gorgeous. Um, I love it from the moment it opens with the guy coming out and giving the warning to viewers that you might be horrified. It's all the way through. <laughs> I think this movie is such. Of course, the book's great. Right. But I think this is such a great telling. And and uh, you feel I, I always feel sympathetic for the monster. Right. Because he's just like a big child. And uh, he, you know, these things he's doing, he does not know, right? He was created. He was pushed into a world he did not know. Um, I'm always enthralled with the scene with the little girl where the little girl wants to play with him. And so he's playing with the little girl because she's tossing the flowers in the water. Uh, He tosses her in thinking he's playing and she can't swim and she drowns. And and it terrifies him because he doesn't understand, right? He didn't, he didn't purposely hurt her. That's that wasn't his intent. Um, He just did not understand. Uh, but the whole world knows that that I love the Universal monster movies and, and that I love Frankenstein. So it's no surprise that I'm going to sit here and I could sing these praises of this for weeks. So, uh, <laughs> I, I, like, what do you think of, of, of Frankenstein? Yeah. Um, let me preface this by saying that I had watched this movie once um, about 2015 uh, for a college class. So. Keep in mind, I, I didn't really watch it that much that first time. I just basically I watched what I needed to watch just so that way I have the information I have. But then recently I rewatched it, of course, uh, recently as in today, uh, just because I have a bad memory. So I try and watch stuff the day of. <clears throat> but um, I watched it and I will say this uh, first and foremost, uh, for a movie that was made about 60 years before I was born. Um, it was pretty good. It was a pretty good movie. Um, I obviously the, the film in of itself, it it doesn't, it holds up to some of the aspects I would say of what you would consider a modern horror movie. Um, I would say that Frankenstein as a whole, I was not expecting what I got because when I watched it originally, I just, you know, skimmed through it. But when I actually sat down and watched it and I was thinking about like all of these different things, you know, I talk about how Halloween invented the slasher genre, but like Mm -hmm. Frankenstein and some of the stuff that he did in this and some of the ways that people acted and some of those things, it really created a lot of tropes that are really often reused even to this day in movies with like voiceless killers. Like there are things in like Terrifier, for instance, that I can trace back to Frankenstein because Art the Clown is a is a voiceless killer. And obviously Frankenstein is the misunderstood killer. Obviously he did not intend to hurt anybody, but he did. But it it definitely translates into a lot of modern media as well, which is very surprising to me. Um, so I'm very glad I got to watch it. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's I love it. I get it. Like I said, I love it. I love I love the times when I get to watch it and Bride of Frankenstein just back to back right in a row because yeah. they're it's, oh, it's such a great one, too. But Bride of Frankenstein's absolutely fantastic. It's such a wonderful bride. The bride is such a wonderful character who's not in that movie hardly at all. Just a few minutes at the end of the movie. Uh, but it's such a memorable scene. Uh, but yes, I absolutely again. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. I I love watching it. Uh, I love all the all the Frankenstein movies. Uh, Universal. Uh, well, even into Hammer. I love the Hammer horror Frankenstein's as well. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the, the Hammer horror movies. Uh, but this is this is absolutely definitely one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, so let's, let's before we move on to Friday Thirteenth, let's give let's give Frankenstein 1931 a rating. Uh, I'll go first. I don't think these. I'm not again. I, I'm not gonna say it's a perfect movie, right? Because I, you know, there's a, only 
Man, I don't even I'm not even sure off the top of my head what I would call a absolutely perfect movie. Uh, but I will clearly give Frankenstein a very, very strong four screams out of five for me. Yeah, I honestly I'm going to agree with you for for its contribution to the horror genre alone. It deserves four screams out of five. Yeah. And again, I, I love it. I love the fact that it doesn't overstay its welcome. Right. It, it's just it's very it, short. <laughs> yeah. It's just a slot, you know, a little over an hour because that that's all it needs. Right. To get yep. to get the story told. Um, so let's move on to Friday the 13th, part six, Jason lives. And, uh, you know, I, I just watched this movie not too long ago and I rewatched it again in preparation for this review. And for whatever reason, every time I watch this movie, man, I forget how fun it really is. It is such a fun movie to watch. And as, as many of the Friday the 13th are, and, um, but, uh, you know, a little, some facts on it. Uh, you know, this movie, uh, of course, Jason is back in this movie. He was not in part five. Uh, and this was at the, uh, the 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 company directive, right? The producer's directive that Jason needed to be back in, uh, so they brought him back. Uh, John Shepard, who played Tommy Jarvis in Part Five, was asked to come back, uh, but he turned down the role. They say, I believe he said that he was at that time as a was a born again Christian and didn't want to do a horror movie, so he turned down uh, the <laughs> role. Uh, so, but they they went with they recast and still had Tommy in the movie. A, a little known fact, I believe this is the shortest of any of the Friday the 13th movies as far as runtime, and it is the only film in the series that has no nudity in it. Uh, just, you oh. know, for those that keep track of such things, uh, it, it is. There is there is a sex scene in it, but it does not really have nudity. And uh, so, yeah, so some little known facts there about it. Um, and then something that is absolutely always fascinating about this movie. And, and, and I read this quite a while back and kind of forgot about it until I was then doing the research. The actual planned ending for this movie had Jason's father, Elias visiting uh, Jason and Pamela Voorhees graves at the end of the movie and, and bringing really? that character into the series. Yes. And it, it got scrapped, uh, but that scene was written. It's, it stayed in the, the film novelization. So if you have the film novelization, the paperback, of it it's it's in there um but it was going to show that that's how you know they had that, that they had graves right and how they had these tombstones that he paid for it and it was going to the movie was going to end with him uh, visiting the grave so man it would have been fascinating to see if they had done that and what would have happened uh from there and what they would have done with that and then uh of course you know just a little uh <laughs> again this movie's so fun um the, Crystal Lake, the whole area is now known as Forest Green because they're trying to get, you know, run from their past. So they rename the town, of course, because that does it right. That's all it takes. Um, <laughs> even though I, I believe, don't they, don't they refer to the old camp in the movie, the, the kids as Camp Blood or something like that? Yeah, they don't even call so, it Camp Crystal Lake. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but uh, again, I, I, I mean, I love the Friday the 13th movies. They're so fun. And this, again, it is. It's just a, a blast of a movie. Uh, this movie uh, makes me chuckle every time because there's scenes. Some scenes where you see Jason walking and it, it's kind of like some mid shots and different things. And it's like, man, Jason's pretty fit for being a, a guy fresh out of the grave and yeah, uh, for being a corpse. <laughs> yeah. So uh, but uh, we'll, we'll discuss the, the 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 similarities and homages between these two films. But uh, I, what, do you, what do you think of uh, Friday the 13th Part 6? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would I, I mean, again, this is going to be a hot take. I, I don't know if I've ever pissed anybody off by saying this yet, but I'm hoping I do eventually. Um, but, uh, I would, I, I would definitely say that this is probably, I would say in my top five, five, Friday 13th films, if I had to say, um, it, honestly, it, like you said, it's super fun. Um, and, and here's the deal. It literally leads the entire movie by saying, look, we understand that what's about to happen makes no fucking sense. And, and like, they just play with it. You know what I mean? Yep. And, and it's like, and no one, no one here is expecting it to make sense. No one's expecting it to like fit together and it just it works because they introduce the tommy jarvis again which in my opinion as much as i love Corey feldman whoever played tommy jarvis in this movie is kind of the definitive tommy jarvis i mean he's in the video game and everything else so um you know it is what it is i like Corey feldman more but you know who am i um but yeah no absolutely i love tommy jarvis in this um i love the concept i love how jason looks I love the zombified Jason. Don't get me wrong. I still think that part four is my favorite part, but if part four were not in the running, I would say probably part six is, is my next, or is it? Yeah, this is part six. Part six is my next 
favorite Jason version just because he's a zombie. He he's superhuman. You know what I mean? He's he's yeah. even crazier and just more just I would say absurdly strong than he normally is. So I love it. It amps up the violence and it's it's probably one of my favorite Friday thirteenth films. Yeah, it is definitely mine too. Again, it's such a fun, fun watch. And uh you know, and I'm going to so let's let's rate it real quick before we get to the the, the further discussion. Again, if I mean, if I have if I gave Frankenstein a four, I, I mean, I can't quite say this is a four movie, but I'm going to give it I'm going to give it a strong three and a half screams out of five. No, absolutely. That's what I was going to say. It, it, to me, this isn't like a middle of the road movie. Um, but like you said, I, I can't exactly put it on the level of a four just because the movies that I've rated a four in the past are movies that like have really blown me away. So three and a half screams out of five would would make sense to me. Yeah, and and maybe part of the reason that I like this movie so much is there is such a a definitive path to to paying tribute to Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Tom McLaughlin made the film, directed the film, and uh, he was a monster movie fan, right? And he clearly he wanted to get back to that, right? He wanted to say let's make a modern monster type movie, right? Let's have those same that same feel and, and everything else, especially for bringing back Jason. Uh, so he you know went into it using Frankenstein as an influence. Uh, for the backbone of the movie, at, right from the start, right? It, you know, I mean, Jason's brought back uh, as a monster uh, by lightning and electricity, yep. just as, you know, as Frankenstein, right? It's at, right from the beginning. It's, 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 life is given the same way. Uh, by the way, in that scene, too, with Tommy, I'm not sure what, what the character is. I can't remember what the character's name is with Tommy, but that's the guy that played Horseshack in Welcome Back, Cotter, and always cracked me up. Um, because <laughs> it's like the same character as Horseshack in the show. If you've watched Welcome Back, Cotter, you would know. Uh, but and, uh, and uh, but anyway, he's brought back by Lightning. And, and, and they, he requested that C.J. Graham, who played Jason for the majority of this movie, to play Jason more like a resurrection, like a, like a Frankenstein, and the way he walked and the way he his mannerisms. I mean, the opening scenes in the graveyard, uh, very similar to the opening of Frankenstein meets Wolfman, uh, which is like, oh, that's a great movie too. Oh, love that movie. Uh, which came out in 1943. Uh, there's a scene in here where uh, Tommy is on the phone. I can't remember what he's, who he's talking to exactly, but whatever. But he says he's by Karloff General Store, uh, which, of course, is a, a tip of the hat to Boris Karloff. Uh, there's the scene where Jason uh, comes into a camper cabin, looks down at the little girl, and it's similar uh, to Frankenstein, you know, looking at the little girl by the riverbank uh, who gave him a flower and, and the monster doesn't hurt. Uh, you know, there's all these tips of hat. I mean, Alice Cooper, there's a song, you know, Teenage Frankenstein in it, written by Alice Cooper, uh, you know, indicating, you know, that in a sense, you know, Tommy Jarvis is a bit like, you know, Dr. Frankenstein in this, right? This is, he, he rose Jason uh, to be the monster and is, is kind of like the doctor that, 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 you know, is his nemesis. And, uh, and uh, I, I don't know if you've ever seen, I have, I've seen many people online talking about taking Friday the 13th part six, right? And doing your TV and, and watching the movie in black and white. And uh, I, I'm fascinated. I'm going to have to do this sometime. If I had thought of it, I probably would have watched it for this that way, but it slipped my mind uh, because they say if you watch it in black and white, it, it even more so feels like an old monster movie. Um, so, again, you know, there's all these little things where there was clearly a tip of the hat and tributes to Frankenstein. And, uh, you know, clearly lots of, of parallels between the you know, Jason in part six and, and the Frankenstein monster. And uh, that might be again, it might be part of the reason I love part six so much. Cause I, I love Frankenstein. So, uh, but I, I mean, I know we, you know, we talked about, we we're going to discuss this. I mean, did you, after watching Frankenstein and then watching this again, did, I mean, did you see some of those similarities? I mean, could you kind of pick up on some of those things? Yeah, no, absolutely. A couple of things that I noticed. Um, so for instance, at the end, uh, Frankenstein, you know, Frankenstein, you know, supposedly dies in a fire. He's in the windmill, right. And the, yeah. uh, it burns at the end of Friday the 13th. They're in a burning lake. Um, yeah. he, you know, there, there is that element of fire. Um, let's spoil see. alert. Neither, neither die. <laughs> correct. Correct. <laughs> neither of them die. Um, and then uh, there's also the scene where, uh, there's the, it's during the paintball part where the guy is swinging that machete. Um, it's, it's realistically one of the first times that like Jason's really had to like do anything in the movie um obviously he killed the people in the car he killed tommy jarvis's friend but um he he basically throws him against like the tree and he accidentally rips his arm off 
And and you yeah. can tell by the way he did it that Jason is surprised at how strong he is. And yeah. in the Frankenstein film, there are many times where Frankenstein does not realize how strong he is. And I saw that that kind of a correlation. Also, the I don't like you said, I don't remember the guy's name, but in the movie, Tommy Jarvis and Homeboy are driving to, you know, Frankenstein's grave. And yeah. The weird guy, because he's kind of weird, right? He's kind of like chattery. He's very talkative. Yeah, the horseshack guy. Yeah. yeah, he's very, very talkative, and he kind of—I don't and forgive me. I, I is is Franken Doctor Frankenstein's assistant. Is his name Igor? Is that right? Um, is not that, in Frankenstein. Okay. Later, he's Igor. Um, I you I cannot remember his name now. He has a different name in the Frankenstein movie. Uh, keep talking. I'll look that up. No, you're good. But that Igor-esque character in Frankenstein, I definitely saw the parallels between that character and the really talkative guy in the beginning of Friday the 13th. So I, I, I immediately saw that. I was like, OK, this guy's essentially like Dr. Frankenstein's sidekick. He's he's kind of annoying. He's kind of chattery. And, you know, Tommy has so, sort of that stoicness that Dr. Frankenstein had. He was on a mission, you know, he's, yeah. he's getting the body. That's what he's going for. Um, yeah. And then there was his, his name's Fritz. Thing. Fritz. 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 And, uh, right? Yeah. Fritz. <laughs> but I also saw a lot of parallels with, um, oh man, is her name Elizabeth in Frankenstein? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a lot of parallels with her. And the love interest in Friday Thirteenth, which I don't remember her name either. Um, yeah, the sheriff, the sheriff's daughter. The sheriff's daughter, and yeah, again, the sheriff's daughter. He, the Elizabeth, is like the the daughter of like a, a count or something, you know, some really yeah. rich dude, you know, some person in a position of power. So you yeah. have the sheriff who's in a position of power with a daughter who's kind of in love with the weird guy, right? Dr. Frankenstein's the weird guy. Elizabeth's in love with Dr. Frankenstein. And then the character, it, there's all kinds of stuff that I could probably keep going, but no, there are a shit ton of references to Frankenstein. And I never would have known had I not watched Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, there, again, it's when you watch the two, especially when you watch the, the two in close proximity, yeah, you, you can pick up on all this. You see that it's there. It's definitely see that you know, McLaughlin definitely, uh, you know, had that stamp on there. Wanted to, you know, like I said, he went into it wanting to make, you know, a, a kind of a modern monster movie. Uh, but yeah, it's there's so many patterns <laughs> related to Frankenstein. Um, I know there is the little girl in the one cabin that there's a wakes up from the dream and the yeah. counselor and, they, and her name's Nancy. And everybody's always suspected that that's a tip of the hat to uh, to Nightmare on Elm Street and Nancy and that. But they they say it's not. Tom McLaughlin said it, his wife's name is Nancy, and that's why he called her Nancy. I believe it was his wife, his wife or daughter or something. That's what he claims. But yet there's so many there's, – there's several people in the movie that I think have kind of names that are kind of tied to horror movies. So it makes you wonder. Uh, but uh, Honestly, so, small side note, they really missed an opportunity because the next Nightmare on Elm – or Nightmare on Elm Street, fuck. The next Friday the 13th uh, movie is the one with the psychic girl, right? Yes. Is that part seven? They totally – they totally could have used that little girl from part six. And I didn't realize this, but the girl, little girl from part six essentially looks the exact same as the girl they used for part seven. They 100% could have made that the same person. That's a missed opportunity. If you ask me. Yeah. 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 I could see that. Yeah. If it does make you wonder, they never, there is never, never any point where any of the, any kids were ever brought back in any way from the, the right. camp or anything. Right. I mean, there was, I mean, you know, clearly kids in these camps and yeah, you would have thought, you know, I, may, I maybe in modern mo times. <laughs> right. Uh, I was say really the only continuity you really get with any of those movies is I know from one to two, it has the same. The, the final girl from one is in part two, but she dies in the opening, um, you know, and then obviously Tommy Jarvis. There's an entire saga, I would say, dedicated to him with uh, four or five and six. Honestly, I wish they would have uh, either killed him in six or brought him back again, because I think Tommy Jarvis is one of the he, he could be the Laurie Strode of Friday 13th. Honestly, I, I think he could be. Yeah. Well, you know, the final girl in the first one, you know what? I mean, have you heard the stories about her and what happened? Uh, -uh. she uh, she had a really insane stalker coming out of that first movie who worked their way into her life as a friend 
and uh, and became a part of her life and then just really flipped the switch and went, went crazy. So she kind of uh, dropped off the, the the scene for a while, and they did talk her in back into doing that and making that, that appearance in two. I don't believe she was quite aware she was dying in it uh, so quickly. <laughs> But, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah, she uh, she kind of stopped acting for a while and, and doing anything. And uh, I believe she's pretty much always credited the fans and, and the fan conventions and all the interest in the movies and kind of bringing her out of it. And, and, you know, and I mean, she does, you know, she's done appearances and stuff. And uh, but, yeah, she had uh, she had a very, very scary stalker experience, uh, I believe. So. I don't know Unless if she would I'm confusing with another story. But. <laughs> well, I don't know if she would ever do it, but I would be really interested to see like like a documentary about that. I mean that I mean that's super. I mean first of all, it's super fucked up, but like it's really crazy. I you know that you I don't know you never hear those stories until it just comes up. But wow, I'd be yeah, really yeah. interested to hear that story. Yeah, I mean I'd heard about it some, and they did discuss it some in that Crystal Lake Memories documentary that I watched. Really? Uh, they went in, they went into it a little bit there, but uh, yeah, it would be. Yeah, you would definitely think it would be something that could, uh, I mean, be a whole, you know, a whole, you know, movie or a documentary or an episode yeah, like of a, a true, series or something. True crime yeah. or something. <laughs> Just on that alone, because uh, I'm not real familiar with what what happened in the end. You know, what you know what happened? I mean, if the person was arrested, just arrested. I mean, who knows? I mean, uh, obviously there was not a traumatic end for her, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Um, and again, I, I severely hope that I'm not confusing my stories. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I am, but uh, I'm pretty sure it's her. But uh, anyway, uh, so, yeah, that's uh, that is Frankenstein and Friday the 13th, part six, two movies that I, I, I very much love, very much enjoy watching. And uh, it is uh, man, I love I love when movies have you know parallels and correlations like that. And, and they, you know, and when a movie, you know, puts I don't know if Easter eggs is, is the right, really the right term in this case, but you know, pay, there's these homages and these uh, these things to you know some classic movie or, a, or another character or another franchise or whatever it may be. Um, I, I love that. I think it's great. Um, and there's such a place in filmmaking, you know, uh, to you know to pay tribute to the classics and the, and the movies that laid the foundation, because clearly those Universal movies uh, laid the foundation for horror. And monster movies and, and, and creature features and, and all these things. Uh, this is where it got started, right? This is this is the first quote unquote horror that that made money, that was profitable, and that got a uh, a studio to say, hey, this is this is something we want to do. And uh, it's been you know, it's been off to the races since then. Of course, there were you know some clear dry spells over the years back then, but uh, you know we're in a we're in a bright spot now with with horror, but. Uh, yeah, you know, it was great. It was fun. I love these two movies. Love the correlation. I'm glad you saw the correlations. I was hoping, you know, that all these things that I saw and have heard about and just you know, whatever else that when you watched them, you're like, what the fuck's he talking about? I don't see any <laughs> of this shit. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad it was there. And it wasn't just uh, I, I was going I was going into it thinking I wouldn't see it. Honestly, I was going into it like I'm like, OK, I'm sure there are maybe like a handful of nods. Like I remember reading about the Karloff, like automotive, whatever the hell. Yeah, yeah, but then I started, yeah. but then I started literally from the, from the very first, I'm like, Oh, that's, that's, that's Fritz right there. That's like Igor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, the hunchback guy, like that's him. You know what I mean? And yeah, no, it, it was yeah. crazy how, how many I saw when I really was just like, Oh shit. Well, <laughs> I, I guess yep. this is. Yeah. See now you'll, you'll never watch Friday the 13th part six, the same again. There's a whole added dimension to it for you. So. There very much is. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing. That's a good thing. So there you have it. There's uh, Frankenstein, 1931, Friday the 13th, part six. Ike, before we uh, start to close and get out of here, anything else uh, you want to say? You know, only thing I got to say is, uh, you know, enjoy your Thanksgiving if you're out there, um, you know, or whatever holiday version you, you uh, decide to celebrate on uh, today, which is when you're listening to this, hopefully. And uh, hopefully you eat so much that you pass out into a sweet, sweet, sweet turkey coma. Yes, I intend to do that myself. Uh, <laughs> but uh, next episode will be into December. Uh, we'll be into that uh, that holly jolly time of the year. And next episode uh, we are going to review 1974's Black Christmas. I'm pretty excited about this. I love Christmas horror movies, and uh, we've got a whole slew of things to watch in December. Both classic, some new releases. It's a good mix, 
and December is going to be fun. So uh, Black Christmas from 1974 on our next episode. Uh, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. Make sure you follow us on our social medias. And uh, gobble, gobble, motherfuckers. Uh, it's, we'll, we'll leave it with that. And wherever you go, whatever you do, be good, be safe, and have many pleasant nightmares.